0: Radio Podcasts.
1: So earlier this week our next guest made an opening statement and a submission to the Joint Committee on Assisted Dying. This was happening this week and lots of discussions were had and various different contributions and it's ongoing this particular committee. Now people are putting forward their reasons why they feel this should or shouldn't be legalised. Well on the line to tell us what he was highlighting and what the stage the proceedings are at we have Dr Thomas Finnegan from the Department of Theology at Mary Immaculate College. Um, Dr Finnegan tell us a little bit about what's actually being considered Considered here um, and what's the purpose of this particular committee
0: morning Wendy yes so the committee has been set up to examine proposals to legalize assisted suicide also sometimes called euthanasia or voluntary euthanasia and the basic idea behind those practices is that healthcare would permit and indeed facilitate the intentional killing of patients with various types of illnesses or um, conditions that uh, are causing them suffering that they want to escape from. So it would would introduce consensual uh, death uh, in in Irish healthcare if it was to be passed. The committee is simply considering different viewpoints, moral viewpoints, legal viewpoints, medical viewpoints in relation to these practices. It doesn't have a particular bill in mind that it is considering, but it's clear from a number of the contributions of the committee, including from members of the committee from within the Oroctus, that there is a at least an openness, I would say, to recommending the introduction of some type of assisted suicide or voluntary euthanasia in Irish law.
1: And what would your your concerns be around this?
0: Well, first and foremost, I think intentional killing, even if it's consensual, is is a wrong. It's a it's a harm. Death is always a harm and a loss. And to do that within healthcare is to undermine core purposes of healthcare, which is protecting and facilitating health and life. So it would radically transform healthcare in, in this country at the moment. Death is considered something that's bad, killing is considered something that's wrong, whereas if this was to be passed, then death and killing would become legitimated in Irish healthcare. That would have radical consequences for all sorts of things. And I don't think it's, it's necessary, and I don't think it's good, and I don't think it would be conducive to solidarity with people who are vulnerable, who are suffering, who are experiencing difficulty towards the end of their life. The whole uh, rationale for assisted suicide is based on the idea that some human beings have um, such a low quality of life that you know they'd be better off dead, or that their life has lost or is losing value such that death is preferable to life. And those are sad judgments and tragic judgments. And those are also, I think, uh, false judgments about the value of human life. Our legal system is based on the truth that all human lives are of equal intrinsic worth it's important that we continue to stand up for that truth because it matters for how we treat people and for how people see themselves. It matters for people making sure that they don't see themselves simply as a burden on other people. There's so many different issues bound up in this and that it's more than simply a matter of considering hard, difficult cases that individuals might encompass. It's also a question of how we understand human solidarity and the purposes of healthcare. But
1: that's humans. probably, though, Tom, what people think of when they think of this issue. They're 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 thinking of people like Marie Fleming, for example, people who over the last number of years, who when they were terminally ill, were saying, you know, that they would have liked to have had the option of of euthanasia, of assisted suicide, and they, they're the people that people think of of just well, that and that's the question that is is put up as well for those who are you know you have a sound mind and feel that this is you know their their lives are going to end they're terminally ill why, why shouldn't it be an option and other countries have done this as well
0: Yes yeah, some countries I mean the vast majority of countries uphold the uh, prohibition of killing including consensual killing in healthcare but some countries have adopted different types of laws around this sort of issue there's two basic if you want to call them models uh, one is the the Dutch model which is very expansive, which um, allows uh, assisted suicide and euthanasia for a very wide variety of conditions, on the basis of any type of suffering that the individual feels is unbearable. That extends beyond physical suffering; it extends beyond terminal illness. It includes uh, non-terminal conditions. It includes even psychiatric-based or mental illness-based conditions, and it includes also children, uh, people the age of eighteen lower having a right to access these sorts of what in the Netherlands now is considered services. So that model is also operative in Belgium and Luxembourg. A different model is one that was previously considered, or is currently considered by the Irish uh, Committee uh, quite a lot, and that is the model first introduced in Oregon around 1998, which uh, permits assisted suicide uh, for people that are terminally ill. That sounds restrictive, um, and indeed, it's more restrictive than the the Netherlands model, uh, but we know from Oregon's publicly available data on how that law is operating that the numbers accessing assisted suicide in Oregon have increased greatly, especially over the last number of years. So, the first year, sixteen people accessed assisted suicide, but that number is now in the region of uh, nearly three hundred, and it's growing. Very rapidly, the growth in access uh, to assisted suicide in Oregon is really accelerating. What's also become clear is that it's not been restricted to cases of terminal illness. We know that uh, people have access to assisted suicide uh, in Oregon on grounds of anorexia, diabetes, Huntington's disease, Parkinson's disease, um, and so on, other conditions that just aren't typically seen as limited to terminal illness. And that's the nature of, of these sorts of laws one could try and introduce them on a limited basis but the very logic of introducing them in the first place is based on autonomy and choice and the desire to do anything that will end any kind of suffering as judged by the person themselves and on those bases one can't restrict the law to cases of terminal illness. That's the right established as a much wider um, purview and encompasses all sorts of different conditions and people uh, who might want to access the law. So that's one of the major criticisms of attempts to introduce assisted suicide, that it can't be done in a limited manner. Whenever it's been introduced, it's expanded in case numbers and in terms of grounds as well.
1: And what do you say then, uh, Dr Finnegan, when you know you have Irish politicians who are in favour of this saying, oh, that, it won't happen here, and it'll, it will be very pres- pres- restrictive, and we won't make mistakes other countries have made,
0: yeah, well, it's hard to take it seriously. Just a minor political point. Similar things are said in relation to abortion, and you know that's turned out. The case numbers are actually larger than even pro-life people were saying they would be. And you um, know that abortion is happening on grounds of disabilities. We told that wouldn't happen. We know that uh, babies have been born alive after surviving abortion and left to die. We told that wouldn't happen. So it's hard to take politicians extremely seriously on, on those sorts of predictions. But just, just simply as a matter of reason, uh, we know if you examine the rationale given for introducing these these practices, they're, they're expansive rationales. They can't be limited. So the right to euthanasia, a committee has been called like a fundamental right. It's been called a matter of autonomy and choice and so on. Well, if that's the case, then it applies way, way beyond narrow ground of terminal illness. Uh, anyone who's maybe a chronic illness or has got some sort of psychiatric or psychological suffering or some sort of suffering that others wouldn't describe as serious, but they judge themselves to be serious they would claim that they would be unjustly discriminated against if they don't have access to euthanasia on, on these grounds. And it's not just kind of an abstract, philosophical point of making here, that position is backed up by data from other countries. Everywhere it's introduced, the numbers accessing it increase year on year on year. That's very clear, and the grounds tend to expand, and that's happening even in countries that went for the terminal illness model. We know in America, for example, where that model is dominant, that there's been numerous uh, legislative amendments in different states over the last three or four years, expanding uh, the euthanasia assisted suicide access um, quite substantially, and again numbers are going up. So it's a case of thinking through what are the what are the basis for introducing this, and are those reasons are the restrictive reasons or the reasons that will lead to expansion? The latter is the case.
1: Dr. Tom Finnegan, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio
0: podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.